this is a really just a special time of the year that we can celebrate Jesus and his birth. And so that's what we really want to do here at the bridge is really focus on who Jesus is. And I'm just going to jump right into the Christmas story from Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 24. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to that or we'll have the the verses on the screen here. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And as we open up God's word today, I'm very excited to be able to to share with you the Christmas story. And and as you kind of look at the Christmas story, sometimes we, we, we put it to pageantry. And Mary is angelic, and Joseph is over there, and he's strong, and, and we put every, you know, maybe you, you even have a little nativity scene in your front yard or on your coffee table, and what we do is we, we set all of the pieces up perfectly, and we think that somehow that first Christmas was this perfect event. It wasn't. In fact, as we read the story, and we can read a little bit in between the lies, that the first Christmas was messy. We know in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus was born in a barn. He was, put, he was laid in a major in a feeding trough. We know that, that Joseph here, the Bible says that he finds out that his wife is pregnant, but he hasn't been with her yet. And so she comes to him and says, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is like, what? I mean, can you imagine what Joseph is feeling in this moment? He is feeling betrayed. Who's going to believe that, that she's conceived by the Holy Spirit? I mean, I think Joseph was a very, a very real man. I, I just, reading in between the lines, I think he's, he's going, I'm looking for someone to punch out right now, right? That's what he's thinking right now. Mary, why would you do this? Why would you ruin what we had We had a whole life and future together, and you threw it all away, and so he's feeling absolutely betrayed. Well, Mary's not lying, right? She's conceived by the Holy Spirit, so think about her. She's feeling incredibly misunderstood. She's sitting there going like, God, this is what I signed up for. I'm trusting you. I'm obeying you, and now my husband's about, you know, or my engaged guy, he's going to leave me. I mean, think about all the emotions surrounding the first Christmas story. You guys, it wasn't perfect, but it was absolutely perfect when Jesus was delivered. And, and the Bible says what? God 
with us. You see, that's exactly why Jesus came to this world. He came to this world because we are broken, because we are sinful, because we do get misunderstood, because we, do, we are betrayed, because we experience all of these different things. And God says, I'm going to come to this broken world. I'm going to show my love. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to walk amongst you. And then I'm going to die for you so that you can have your sins forgiven. And so as we, we look at the first Christmas story, does it relate to your life tonight? Do you feel like right now things are a little bit messy? Do you think right, maybe tonight you're feeling like, hey, I'm in conflict with someone in my life? Are you feeling a little bit misunderstood by some people? What is it in your life and you go, man, I, I came in here this, this night and I barely got here, but yeah, it's been a rough and tough and busy and scattered season. Well, guess what? Welcome home and welcome to what God wants to do in your life. Because he wants to, to show you God is with us. And when God is with you, it changes absolutely everything in your life. You see, when God is with you, it, God gives you the empathy and the comfort that you need in the midst of your loss and in your pain. And, and God with us gives us the, the courage to be able to face difficult situations. Because Mary and Joseph, they're going to have to face some really difficult situations. When Joseph actually says, he, he, in a dream, the angel comes to him and says, listen, you're going to marry her and you're going to name Jesus. Imagine the kind of assignment that God has just given him. First of all, he's going to marry Mary and he's going to, he's going to be misunderstood and even shunned possibly by his community, by his parents, by the people that care about him. Not only that, he's taking on the leadership role of being the father of the savior of the world. Think about how difficult and how inadequate Joseph would have felt in that moment. But see, everything changed. Why? Because when God is with us, we have the strength to be able to face difficult situations. And in that moment, when they're in the manger and, or when they're in the barn there and there's no room in the inn for them and you have Joseph, he's gonna deliver little Jesus. Think about that. Joseph becomes the, the doctor in the, in the room. And, and I was thinking about this the other day because um, I've been in the room for all three of my kids' births. And it was difficult, you guys. I can't tell you how tired I was. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like some of you. <laughs> my wife's going to slap me. She's like, are you kidding me? But I remember uh, for my, my son, Peyton, uh, the, uh, the midwife, she was, so we were, we were at a hospital, the midwife, she hands me the scissors and she goes, I want you to cut the umbilical cord. I, are you kidding me? Like, is he going to hurt him? Like, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking and I, I go to cut it and it's slipping and I'm like, what's going on here, you know? And I finally cut it and it was just this really cool experience. And I started thinking about that. Joseph did the same thing. What did, he didn't have scissors. What did he use? I just don't know. There's a lot of questions we don't have, but what we know is that it was a very intimate moment, and it was a very beautiful moment, but think about this. When Jesus comes to this earth, he is born with Mary and Joseph there and some barnyard animals. It was a very lonely moment, and if you're here tonight and you feel lonely, you're in good company because Jesus came for you, God with 
us. So what I want to do tonight is I want to give you three, uh, three ways that God with us gives us something, right? The fact that Jesus came to this earth, and the first thing is this, God with us gives us empathy to understand your pain. Jesus gives you empathy to understand your pain. Matthew 1.18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph, you know, feeling all of these emotions and, and the pain and Mary feeling the misunderstanding and, and guess what? God understood what they were going through. God knew. He wasn't surprised with what they would experience. And when that baby was born, God with us, Jesus came and he walked this earth. And, and think about Jesus. You know, he's, being, he's born. He becomes a toddler. He becomes like an elementary school kid age. He, he's a junior high age kid. He becomes a high school student. Jesus goes through puberty. And then he, like, he becomes this man. And you think about just all the physical stages that Jesus went through because he was with us and he experienced the things we experienced. That's the beautiful thing about Christmas, that God loved us so much that he, he didn't just stay in heaven, he came down from heaven. The Bible, or the, the, the theological word for that is incarnation. Jesus entered into our world to experience the things that we experience. Not only the happy and good and joyful times, but he came to experience the painful times. And there's a great story in the Bible in John chapter 11 where, where Jesus has this sibling group of friends, and their names are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus uh, was an itinerant preacher, and he would go around, and he would have friends, and so he would stay at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. Well, Jesus is off, and he's doing ministry somewhere else, and he gets word that his friend Lazarus is sick. The Bible says Jesus doesn't respond right away. He finally comes back, and by the time he gets back, Lazarus has been in the grave. Lazarus died four days ago. And so Mary comes to Jesus, falls at his feet. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And she's brokenhearted. Have you ever been in that place where you prayed for somebody that you loved and they didn't make it through and you were going, God, why didn't you allow them to, to live? Maybe you're in that season right now. And so in this moment, what we see is we see the heart of God, the compassion of God, the empathy and the sympathy of God that when we go through pain, God is with us in that moment. And this is a beautiful picture of God's empathy. The Bible says in... John chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. When Jesus saw her weeping, who's the her? That's Mary. And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. It's interesting there. He's deeply moved. He's also troubled because he's seeing the world that he's created and the brokenness, and he sees the loss and the pain and the death and the sadness, and he goes, I'm, I didn't create this world like this. That's why I'm coming to redeem it. That's why I'm coming to restore it. And so in that moment, he's, he's troubled, he's agitated. Verse 34, where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then this beautiful verse, verse 35, the Bible says, Jesus 
wept. Jesus wept. Can you imagine that? The very God that created our tear ducts is now weeping. The very God that created us and this world, he's weeping. Now, Jesus in this moment doesn't just offer a couple scriptures, a few platitudes to get her, get her through. He doesn't offer her a speech. What he offers Mary in that moment is he offers her tears. And I think it's one of the most beautiful pictures of the compassion of God. I think Jesus is, is praying and he's, he's weeping alongside Mary, but I think there's another thing. I think Jesus actually, as a human, feels the loss and the pain of a friend that he cares about. And he's weeping in that moment. And can I tell you right now, he weeps with you in your pain. He weeps with you in your grief and in your loss. And those moments when you question God, why would you take him away? He weeps with you. The Bible says that we have a high priest that can sympathize. He empathizes with everything that we have, we know. He walked alongside of us. And so maybe it's not only loss that you're feeling, but maybe today uh, you're just feeling uh, the sense of betrayal that someone hurt you. And the pain that comes along with that, guess what? God understands that. Jesus understands that because he was betrayed. Maybe you're feeling misunderstood and rejected. Guess what? Jesus knows exactly what that feels like because he was, he was misunderstood. He was rejected. You see, he experienced all those things. Why? God with us. He's a God that's close to us, a God that knows our hearts and he knows what we go through. Well, God with us also gives us another thing here. God with us, Jesus, gives us the courage, number two, to face my situation. Some of you right now, you just need, you need courage. You need strength. You need to know you're going to be able to, to make it through. And so uh, I love this verse in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. The Bible says that Joseph is going to divorce Mary quietly. Now, understand this. If Mary would have cheated on him like that, uh, she could have been punished by death. I mean, it was, a, it was a big deal. Joseph, at the very least, can drag Mary's name through the mud and just get her back. He doesn't do that. He's a righteous guy. He's a, a man with integrity. And at this point, he doesn't know that Mary's conceived by the Holy Spirit yet. And so the Bible says that, uh, but after he, he, he's going to divorce her quietly, and then verse 20, but after he had considered this, consider this, it's the, the Greek word enthomio. It's, it's from two Greek words because the, the New Testament is originally written in the Greek language from two, en, meaning en, and thumos, meaning heat or to get angry. And so as he considered this, as he's wrestling and he's struggling with anger, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her from the, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then I love this, and I drop down to verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. I love that. He said yes to God. 
God, I'm, no matter how difficult this is going to be, no matter how misunderstood I feel, no matter if my friends come up and say, dude, what are you doing here? What are you, you going gonna to get with her anyways? <laughs> yeah, because this is all God's plan. And even though you don't understand it, I understand it, and it's going to require me some courage. And the Bible says he said yes. He said yes to God. And he said yes to Mary. And he said yes to Jesus. Think about this. He's saying yes. Yeah. He's going to name, he's going to name Jesus. I, I just think about that. I mean, what's behind a, a name? You know, my wife and I, all of our kids, there's a, there's a, a story behind their names, right? I, I think of even my, my youngest son, Luke. And um, it's funny because, I don't know, probably you guys don't know this, but we actually named him Micah when he came out of the womb. And then we, we spent about a day with him, and he's like, he, he's not a Micah, he's a Luke. And we changed his name in the, in the hospital. And it's a good thing we did, because if you know Luke, he's a Luke. <laughs> but this name would be a different name. You see, it would be the name Yeshua, from the Hebrew Joshua, which means the Lord saves. He would name the Savior of the world. Not only that, Joseph is going to take on the assignment of raising this son of God. He's going to teach Jesus, well, I was going to say how to shave, but I think Jesus had a beard, so I guess he didn't do that. He's going to teach him a lot of things. He's going to teach him how to be a man. He's going to teach him how to work with carpentry and with wood. And, and in fact, in that, in, in the uh, Jerusalem and in Israel, there is so much limestone that many carpenters would build houses with stone. So Jesus really was probably more like a mason where he would work with stone. He would teach him all of these things. But you know what the greatest lesson that Joseph and Mary taught Jesus? They taught Jesus that even when the crowd is saying one thing, you can still follow God. Even when you feel rejected and you feel hurt, and you feel you don't have to fight back. You don't have to get revenge. You can forgive. You see, I think God knew what he was doing when he chose Mary and Joseph to be the parents, the earthly parents of Jesus. And they experienced all that pain and all of that. Why? Because they were obedient in the midst of it. And maybe for you, you just need courage to be obedient in the midst of your situation right now. God, I need the courage right now to forgive this person for what they did to me. God, I need your courage more than ever. I need your courage to get through this negative medical test that I've just gotten. I don't even know if I can get through this, God. God, I need your, your courage. God, I need courage to, to deal with this conflict in my life. I'd rather avoid it. I'd rather run away. But God, I need your courage. God, I need your courage for this particular ministry assignment. I'll, I'll tell you how many times God's given me a ministry assignment. I'm like, I'm not adequate. I don't have the right training. I'm not smart enough. And God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to show up there. You just show up, but I'm going to show up. Do you need courage today for whatever you're going through? God with us gives us courage. And then the third thing God give, with us gives us is hope for the future. Um, you, you know, actually, let me jump back to uh, courage real quick. Sorry, uh, Emily. 
I want to share with you one story before I, I move on here. Um, there's this great story in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, where Peter and John, so Jesus has already been resurrected and he's already ascended into heaven. And Peter and, and um, John, they're going around, they're preaching the gospel. And so the religious leaders are like, what are you doing talking about Jesus? And they bring him in and they question them. And, and I love this because this really illustrates the idea of God with us. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, get this, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Isn't that great? They weren't thinking about their education, their status. They weren't thinking about that. They're going, wait a second. These guys have been with Jesus. Look at their courage. Look at the power that's coming from their life. It was amazing. And there's a great verse in Romans chapter eight. It says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you need courage right now to face whatever situation you're dealing with. Number three is God with us gives us hope for the future. Maybe you need hope for the future. The Bible says in Matthew 1, 21 and 22, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And then look at this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love this because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, 700 years before the, the birth of Jesus, that this moment would happen. And so what we find is, is God is a God who keeps his promises. When God says something, he will follow through. And so what we have in Jesus is the promise of God, that he will save his people, that he will rescue them, that he will, he will see them through and he will help them and he will forgive them of their sins. You know, um, I love, so, so what I want to do is I want to circle back to that John chapter 11 verse I was talking about. So remember Jesus, he weeps with Mary. Well, the interesting thing is that Jesus then calls Lazarus out of the grave in that story, showing that he has power over death and sin. And, and he says to Martha, the other sister in John chapter 11, here's the hope, guys, that as we celebrate this little baby in a manger, this little baby Jesus, Jesus grows up, he's crucified on a cross, and then three days later, he's, he rises from the dead, validating everything he'd said and did on the cross. And this is what he says to, to Martha. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I love this. I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. I'm the one that brings hope. I'm the one that conquered death. I'm the one that conquered sin. I'm the one that if you believe in me, your sins are forgiven. Your guilt and your shame are removed. And now you have the hope of eternal life. And so if we have the hope of eternal life as followers of Jesus, 
don't you think he's going to give us hope for life on this earth? What do you need hope for tonight? What is that hope that you're needing? Maybe for you, you just need the hope for the future. You don't know what your future holds. God, I need, I need hope to, to, that I'm going to get a job. I'm going through all these interviews, and I'm getting turned down, and I just, I just need hope right now. Some of you just need hope to pay the bills. It's hard to make ends meet, and it's difficult out there, and inflation is up, and things are expensive, and you just need hope that financially God's going to come through for you. Some of you, you're, you're single, and you're like, you've always desired to be married. You're like, God, I'm just, I'm just I'm waiting on you, and, and I will trust you in my singleness, and I will submit to you in that if that is your will for my life. But God, if that's not, just pray, God, I'm hoping for the future that maybe I'll meet someone. Maybe you just need hope for your marriage right now. And you're struggling and you feel discouraged and even in despair. And you're like, how do we keep moving on this way? And, and if God can resurrect you from the dead, if God can resurrect himself from the dead, don't you think he can resurrect a dead marriage? Absolutely. There's no hopeless situation in your life, you guys. No matter what. Some of you are struggling. You're going, God, I need hope for my mental health issue. Some of you in here right now are dealing with depression and anxiety. Maybe, it's, maybe you've been dealing with it silently. Others of you, uh, you've had a support network, but you're still struggling. And you're saying, God, I need hope that one day I, I will experience joy and, and I'll, I won't wake up with this just this overwhelming feeling of condemnation over me. I, one day, God with us, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. Guys, I was thinking about this idea of God with us. I was taking a walk last night, and I was kind of just thinking through, and I was praying about tonight, and the thought came to my mind that 30 years ago, this Christmas season, that when I was so far from God, God says, I'm going to I'm going to do something with your life, Billy. And I was invited to a Christmas special just like this 30 years ago. I was three years old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was 18 years old. I was halfway through my senior year dating this really gorgeous woman. Well, she was a girl at the time. And her mom didn't really like me that much. I, I went to meet her mom for the first time, and I was wearing this big Duke Blue Devils sweatshirt with a big devil head on it. And I was like, hi, I'm here to take out your daughter. And she's like, okay. But she was a Christian, and her mom invited me to church. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if thunderbolts were going to hit me. I just had no clue. I'd never entered church before. And I heard that message about God's love that he was born as a baby, that he grew up and then he died on the cross and then he rose from the grave and that by putting my faith in him, I could, I could believe and have eternal life. Guess what? I was 18 years old. I didn't believe that first night, but I, I kept coming back to church and I kept coming back about four or five weeks into it. I heard that message and I received Christ for the first time. And I think about that 30 years ago. And here's, here's the thing I was thinking about. 
there have been seasons of my life in those 30 years that I've really needed God's empathy and he's been with me. Those moments that he's needed to comfort me in my pain. Uh, There's been seasons and there's been events in my life where I've really needed God's courage. And guess what? God with me, he's never left me. He's never left me and he's been with me the entire time. And he's given me courage for those moments. And then there's that time when I felt despair. And in that moment, God shows up and he offers me hope. You see, this is not just some thing that we're putting on the screen or I'm just telling you right now. This is real life stuff that I've experienced over the past 30 years. And here's the thing. If you give your heart and life to Jesus, your life's not going to be perfect. Uh, You're going to go through some hard times. But I'll guarantee you this. You will never be alone. Why? Because Jesus was born and he is God with us, Emmanuel. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to invite you, if you've never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that tonight would be the night that you say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you to cleanse me from my sin. I lay it down at your feet. I receive the gift of forgiveness, and I receive this eternal life and this new life that you offer. Maybe tonight, I was thinking about this, there might be a a pastor in here right now that doesn't even know Jesus yet, but God's gonna get a hold of your life like he did mine. There might be a missionary in here right now. Like you don't even know it yet, but see, when you give your heart and life to God, he's got a plan for you, and this plan is better than you can ever imagine. And so, God with us. Is he with you tonight? I wanna invite you to invite him into, his, into your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I thank you for my own life. 30 years ago, you, I was invited and I, and I came and you met me. You're so merciful and loving. And God, I pray for anyone in here right now tonight that has never said yes to you, Jesus. That tonight in their hearts, they say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Remove all my shame and my guilt. I believe that you died on the cross for me to forgive me. And I receive that gift of forgiveness right now. Thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you're with me. And would you walk with me all of my days, teaching me how to live and give me the strength to obey you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.